Hey mamas, it's Cindy and I am super excited about this week's podcast episode. It is just me and my lonesome, but you'll get to know me just a little bit better. I am super excited for you to listen and let me know what you think about it. Thanks mama. Hey mamas, it's Cindy and I'm super excited to be joining you guys today. However, I'm joining you in my bed in my lonesome because I was planning on recording today with Aunt Vicky, but unfortunately Aunt Vicky had some things that came up so she couldn't record with me. Well then I was going to record with Emily at her work and then she got paged out. So I'm stuck here by myself, just chilling in my bedroom, trying to record an hour by myself. It's a little nerve-wracking. I'm a little freaked out about it, but we'll make it through it together. I have my handy-dandy notes here. That way I know what the heck I'm going to talk about. So, I want to start by talking about a Facebook post that I made a couple hours ago. Let's get started. Okay, this is what the Facebook post says. It says, Society to Moms. You choose to be a mother. Don't complain about how hard it is. Go back to work six weeks postpartum. You're fine. Your family needs the income. At least you're providing. You don't need time to bond or heal. We need you more. Be a stay-at-home mom. You'll save money on daycare. What do you need a break for? All you do is stay at home with your kids. It's not a real job. You're a mom. You have to have your shit together. Why even have kids if you aren't ready? Let me tell you something. That is a bunch of bullshit. This is made to moms. Listen, mama. I get it. I've been you. I am you. Raising kids is hands down the hardest thing that I have ever done. Cry. Listen. Cry whenever you're overwhelmed. Cry when you're lonely. Cry when you're heartbroken. Cry, mama. It's okay. The more you feel emotion, the better it will get. You don't want to be numb. I've been there, and it's incredibly dark. Mama, you're not alone. I may look like I have my shit together, but I haven't showered in two weeks. My dishes didn't get done for three days. House didn't get clean for over a week. And we just hit the last of our clean clothes today. The only reason that any of those got done today is because I had a manic episode and I had to clean. You're not a bad mom for not being able to handle it all, all of the time. You're not a bad mom for wanting a break. You're not a bad mom because your mental health is struggling. You are a wonderful mama who just needs a little bit of help. And that's not too much to ask for. Remember, you were a person before them. You're still her. Find her. I also want to do just a little bit of a mental health check-in. If you are ever going through something and you don't feel like you have someone to talk to, my DMs will forever be open. And I mean that. I will do whatever in my power to help someone like me who has gone through it. I get it, okay? It's not easy being a parent at all moms or dads but especially moms because we have so much on our plates and the really sad thing is is that the people who judge us the most are moms other moms judge you so much more than anyone else and that's so incredibly sad so now that I got on with that I want to talk a little bit about me Um, we kind of jumped into this podcast without talking about ourselves and kind of the things that are actually going on in our lives and who has made us us. I want to talk about Cindy. Let's start from the beginning. Cindy was born October 29th, 
1999. The most beautiful and precious baby ever, if I say so myself. So I'm just kidding about starting at the beginning. Um, we're going to skip on. We are going to go to when life started getting a little tough. Um, as you know, if you have listened to the previous episodes of this podcast, you know that at 12 years old, I had um, a lot of difficulties and was struggling with anxiety, and I didn't know it at that point. My anxiety is a out-of-body experience, and it is terrifying. Oh my goodness, it's so scary, especially being a child. Um, so at 12, I went through that, and as many of you know, I didn't get the actual help that I needed then, and I'm doing better, but I'm still struggling at getting help for myself, so that is something that I'm definitely working on. Um, I was about 13 and my parents decided to homeschool me and I think that was the worst decision. I absolutely loved it. I loved being homeschooled. I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever but it killed my mental health. Um, And then I did go back to school and I was bullied by some really awful girls who were friends to me before I became homeschooled. Um, And they know who they are. Uh, So I went through that and that was super difficult. Um, I was I was a teenage kid. I was a girl going through so many hormones. I already had anxiety at that point. It was a lot. It was so much and it was so difficult. If I'm being honest, I don't know how I made it through. But I did. And I'm so glad that I did. And then I was 16. At 16 years old. Cindy was a driver. Cindy's anxiety had um, slipped away for the most part. You know, I was was starting to handle it a lot better. So when it came, you know, I I was proficient at getting it to calm down. I had a I don't give a fuck attitude. I lost all of my friends really around that same time. And it was, it was just a struggle. And I had to deal with all of that. And then... I started talking to Daniel, and I fell in love with Daniel, and I fell in love with Hadley, and me and Daniel started dating, and if you listen to the previous episode, you kind of know all of that. So I fell in love with Daniel, and me and Daniel moved in together really quick after we started dating. So here I am. I turned 18. That's so exciting. Oh my goodness, you know. I was graduating high school early. I was super excited, super excited for my life that was just starting. You know, I have this really amazing boyfriend who has this super amazing daughter. Um, My life is amazing. Um, And 11 days after my 18th birthday, there's a day that I will never forget. And it's an incredibly hard day to talk about. But I don't feel like my authentic self if I don't talk about the things that have happened in my life. I wake up that morning. I literally remember that morning like it was yesterday. I woke up that morning. I went to school. Um, many of you who listened to this knew my sister. Um, she was going through a really hard time in her life. She was doing some illegal substances. Um, me and her were not on good terms. Um, I couldn't tell you when the last time I talked to her was. 
and from what I was told by my parents, you know, she was she was getting her life together at this point and I'm I'm sad on where our relationship was then. But I can't change it. So I wake up that day, I go to school like any normal day, um, that morning the school had an assembly with, um, I don't even know what they were, they were people coming in talking about, um, how substance abuse is bad and all this kind of stuff, and like if you know someone that needs the help. Um, you know, you can always talk to them. And this is probably one of the moments that I regret. Is something kept telling me, you should go talk to those people. You should tell them your situation. You should tell them what's going on. With my sister, you know. At this point, I wasn't talking to her. I should have talked to them and said, hey... What can I do to help her to better this? Is there anything that you all can say? Can we set up something to talk to her? Um, but I didn't. And there was just nagging feeling in me to do it. But I didn't. And I went on with the rest of my day. Um, being a senior in high school um, and only going for one semester... I didn't have a lot of classes that I needed to take. And so the last hour of the day, I didn't need to be at school. So I, you know, I went home then. Um, and I finished out the rest of the day and I get home. My last class is weightlifting. And so I was just in a cutoff t-shirt and shorts, you know, it's November 9th, but it really wasn't bad outside. And this is where things start to get bad. My parents live right across the street from my old house, which is where we were living at the time. And I got a phone call from my mom. And my mom said, Cindy, is there any way that you can watch Amber's kids and the boys? Because the school just called me and they said Amber's house is on fire and asked if I was picking up the kids. Your dad's on his way there. Um, can you just watch the kids? And I said, yeah, of course, Mom. Like, that's not a big deal. Whatever. Um, and then there was just, like, this gut feeling that something is wrong. So I called one of my friends, and I said, hey, is there any way that I can get you to watch my brothers and my niece and my nephew so I can go to my sister's house. There's something going on. You know, I gave her a little bit more detail. You know, um, her house is on fire. Both of her cars were there and no one can find her. And so she said, yeah, of course. Um, there is a daycare up the road from my sister's house. And I called my other sister really fast, Emily. Obviously the one I did a podcast with. I called her and I said, hey... I don't know if you know, but Amber's house is on fire, and they can't find her. And so she met me at the daycare. She picked me up, and we drove down there. We get there, and we get there, and there are a crazy amount of people there. We had to literally park down the road because there were so many. She lived on a gravel road. And there were so many vehicles. I don't even know whose vehicles they were, really. There were so many people there. The fire department was there. My parents were there. My sister's husband's parents were there. I just remember going up there just thinking, what the hell is going on? I tried to call her. 
probably a hundred times before I got there. And the phone went straight to voicemail. get there and we're standing with our parents and we're asking a shit ton of questions you know who last saw her who was she last with you know um all of these things you know trying to figure out if maybe she had gotten out of the house and she had some woods behind her house see if she ran that way you know just just trying to figure out and pray that she wasn't inside um and we're just standing there and we're waiting and from my point of view, the only thing that I remember is a state patrolman who we know looked at us and said, I'm sorry, and if that wasn't the most devastating, I'm sorry that I've ever heard. All of the people who were there, including firefighters, any police, anything like that, they all knew her. After that, it felt like I was in a movie. Time slowed down. I didn't know what to do. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't even know if I could cry. Because I was so shocked and I was so worried about my parents. My mom. She took off running. Not to the house, but my sister had a pasture in her front yard. And my mom just took off running until she fell to her knees. And I remember my dad chasing after her and putting his arms around her and the two of them just bawling. My sister my sister um, was really close with the uh, state trooper and he hugged her and I stood there for a second just processing um and then I took off after my parents because I couldn't imagine the pain that they were feeling and as soon as I touched them the tears wouldn't stop flowing. And a really, really wonderful woman grabbed me away from my parents and gave me the biggest hug that I've ever had and just sat with me in the grass hugging me. That was easily the most devastating thing that has ever happened to me in my life. The next hardest thing after that was having to go pick up my niece and my nephew from my friend's house and trying to comfort them knowing that they would never see their mom again that was so difficult Not only was it the hardest thing that my family has ever had to go through, but it definitely impacted our whole town. My sister was a loud mouth. She knew everybody, but she'd give her shirt off of her back to anyone. And no matter what mistakes that she made in the past, she was a damn good person. 
I would be lying if I said that she didn't make me the person that I am. For 16, 17 years of my life, she was my biggest fan. And my number one supporter. And it crushes me that I couldn't be there for her when she needed me. And I know what happened isn't my fault. And I know that I can't change the past. But it's something that I think about a lot. And I know. I know that she is so incredibly proud of me. But it hurts a lot that she can't be here to share it with me. Okay, now let's get on to some good stuff. There's some great stuff that has happened in my life. On December 4th, less than a month since my sister's passing, I found out I was pregnant. I was pregnant with a little girl, and I was so incredibly excited, and I was scared, and, um... My mom was going through a really hard time, obviously. Um, after just losing a child, she started coping in ways that I wish that she wouldn't have. But she did. Um, she started drinking heavily. And it impacted her life a lot. But that's, that's for later. Um, so when everyone found out that I was pregnant, no matter how scared I was... Of what my family was going to think or anything like that. It was a blessing because we had just lost one of the most amazing people in our lives. We named her after my sister. Um, my brother also and his wife were also pregnant at the time. And so they named their little girl Amber, which is so sweet. And I named Harper, Harper Ann. And for Amber Ann. Um, and that was, that was something good that came out of that. Um, it makes me sad to think that my sister didn't get to experience meeting my children, my biological children. She got to meet Hadley and she absolutely loved her. Um, and would call her her niece. But it's really hard sometimes to think that she got to miss out on watching me give birth and seeing my kids in person. And I struggle with that a lot. But my kids have some pretty amazing guardian angels. So here I am. I'm 18 years old. And I have the most traumatic thing happen to me. And then I get this blessing. And not only did this most traumatic thing happen to me. I think I was the one who stepped up and who had to be the strong one. When it came to my sister's passing. Um, obviously my parents were going through it. I couldn't imagine. Um, my other sister was her biological sister. Me and me and Emily and me and Amber are half siblings. Um, we we're still each other's siblings and we're sisters, and that that's that. But biologically, that's her her sister, fully her only full sibling. Um, and so she was going through it, and I felt the need. To have to be the one who stayed strong. And I did a damn good job of it. Let me just pat myself on the back for that one. Um, 
But going through that, it gave me a lot of probably PTSD. A lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, and probably spiraled into more mental health issues that I'm struggling with. But, I'm doing great now. Um, I have my moments, obviously. But let's get on with the story. <laughs> so, I have a baby at 18. And she is absolutely wonderful. She was honestly the best baby. But, let's talk about the hardships of my relationship. Um... At that point, me and Daniel were not seeing eye to eye. We loved each other, but we did not like each other. Um, a lot of the time that I was pregnant, we were toxic for each other. We had her, and I felt like I was a single parent. And it was really, it was really hard. And I didn't know how to talk about it. I bottled it all up, and I said, Cindy, you're strong. Don't be weak. You have to be strong. You're the only one that can do it. You have to do it. And so I did it. And I bottled a lot of that up. And um, after I had her, I definitely had postpartum depression. I Obviously, I had baby blues, and that's that's what started it, is my baby blues. Um, I sat in the bathtub and I just cried. And I cried. And Daniel came in and he said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know, but I can't stop crying. And in all reality, I felt worthless. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I went through a lot before I realized that it was my mind playing tricks on me, and it wasn't actually me. So then I fell into a really hard postpartum depression, and I was too scared to tell anyone because I felt like they would see me as weak. And I've talked about this on other episodes before that I think that pediatricians and your doctors need to do better at um, looking at a woman instead of handing her a piece of paper and having her fill it out. At least in my case, why would I want to tell someone that I'm not doing okay? Because remember, I'm supposed to be strong. But I know that you could look at me and be like, she's going through something. And so, with my postpartum depression getting really, really bad, um, if I'm being honest, I don't know how I got out of it. I can't tell you that I had an epiphany. I can't tell you that... Um, I worked on it because I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you I was in such a dark place that I don't remember. I don't remember how I got out of it. I don't. I think that, I think that I was in such a dark and scary place that I had some pretty amazing guardian angels who hit me upside the head and said, listen, this is getting dangerous. Something needs to change. And it, it was almost like a switch flipped. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the changing of my job. I was in a, first I was a stay-at-home mom. And then I went to a, I went to a pretty decent job, but then I went to a super fucking shitty job. And when I got a good job, 
that I loved. Um, I think that that helped me bring out of it. And, you know, I said that me and Daniel were going through a really difficult time for about a year. In the last episode, but thinking back on it, you know, we were probably going through a really rough time for a year. But even, even a year after that, we were struggling. We weren't in such a bad place because we were starting to work on things even though, like, my work life had sucked and all of that stuff. Like, we were trying. But I don't think that it actually got, like, super great until a year after it started being, like, how can I describe this? It was super toxic for a year. And then a year after that, we worked on things. And it probably wasn't good until that year after. And it was really hard. And then, like most people do, you're in a really, really good place. And you are in love. We we got back to a place where we were communicating, where we were in love with each other. Um, after so many hardships and after just, like, trying to say... Is this it? Are we done? Should we even continue anymore? Um, We got into this really good place and our communication was doing better. It wasn't perfect and it still isn't perfect. And I don't know that it will ever be perfect. But we were in a really good spot. And we decided, let's have a baby. And so we tried for six months to have a baby. And we couldn't have one. And it was really tough. Um, I couldn't imagine being a mom who can't conceive. Because I had a hard time knowing that when I wasn't ready for a baby, that my body was. And that when I was trying to have a baby, I couldn't. Um, but the crazy thing is, is we decided to stop trying and a month later we got pregnant and we had little Hazel Grace and a lot of people say don't have a baby to fix things and I'm glad that we didn't. I'm glad that we fixed things before we decided to have another baby. But that didn't mean that we didn't fall into more hardships. Relationships are so incredibly hard. And people don't tell you that. Nobody prepares you for the things that you will go through. But it didn't break us. Here we are. Getting ready to go on six years. Next year. Six years. Um, and maybe 50 more. And so, if you, if you want to work on things, work on them. Don't stop until you know that that person's not going to put in the work. I'm not condoning staying in toxic relationships. Because I was in one. And I know what it's like. And it's hard. So hard. But he wasn't the only one being toxic. I was too. And so we we talked it out and we did those things. But it might not be the same for another person. But if you feel like it will work for you, try. That's all I can say. So here we are with a 8-year-old, a 4-year-old and a one-year-old, and we are doing absolutely amazing, and I am running my own business, I am starting my own podcast, I am doing amazing things, he is in a job that he loves for the most part, um, we live in a house that's ours, we have vehicles that are ours, We're making life work for us. Um, I also posted something on Facebook a couple weeks ago about me selling my car. 
I bought a 2012 Chrysler 200 and two, no, 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 it was a 2015 Chrysler 200. Oh, fancy. And I bought it in 2019, I believe. So we had, we had the car for three years and, um, we decided that we were going to start getting rid of debt. Um, I, like I posted on Facebook, isn't it everybody's dream to not be in debt anymore? Um, and I am absolutely willing to give up certain things. So maybe I can have things later in life. Like I'm going to give up my, or I did, I did, I sold it. I gave up my 2015 Chrysler 200 and got rid of that payment and that debt. Who's to say in the next couple of years that I can't buy a, say in two years, I can't buy a 2024 Tahoe with cash. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things now to get things better later. So that's kind of a position that we are moving in right now is trying to consolidate a lot of debt to get rid of a lot of debt. The only thing that I want to be paying on right now is my house. I don't want to be paying on any vehicles. I want to be able to save money just in case and to be able to also save money so I can buy things with cash. I mean, granted, you know, for credit, getting a credit card and paying stuff like that. But that's my goal in life right now is to, one, work on being a better Cindy because I deserve it and my kids deserve it and Daniel deserves it and my parents and everyone in my life deserves to have the best version of me. But also I I want to have the things that I want in life and sometimes it takes sacrifice. So after all that super sappy and sad stuff, let's talk about some kind of fun stuff. So I want to talk about kind of how bad of a mom I am sometimes. I am a bad mom sometimes. Like a real bad mom. Um, my kids sometimes don't go to bed until 3 o'clock in the morning. In the summer. In the summer, okay. Not during school, but like in the summer. Harper's definitely guilty of that. I let her get on my phone when I'm going to bed. That way she will leave me alone. And she stays up watching videos until 3 o'clock in the morning and will sleep until 11 o'clock in the afternoon or the morning, whatever. Um, and so probably to a lot of moms, I'm a really bad mom for doing that. But we're stuck at home all day. Not really stuck, but we're at home the majority of the days. So what does it matter if she's sleeping from 3 a.m. to eight or to 11 a.m.? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. That's one less kid I have screaming all day long. Um, that also makes me a bad mom. I We have went from letting my kids eat whatever they want to um, meal planning and prepping because food is getting expensive and my kids need to start using their their school stomachs. Because how are you eating breakfast, lunch, and then coming home and getting a snack and then eating dinner in school, but you wake up in summer, wake up, eat, snack in an hour, snack in an hour, snack in an hour, lunch, snack, 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 dinner. No, we don't do that, okay? Food's getting too expensive for me to spend $700 just so y'all have 15 snacks a day. Like, budget tight. Why we're getting rid of things. Um... Let's see, what else makes me a bad mom? Um, I make my kids play together. Like, I will make them. My kids are going to to play together because um, sometimes I don't want to play with my kids. And that, that to a lot of moms, makes me a bad mom because I don't want to play with my kids. Um, this is going to sound really bad, but I got a lot better things to do than sit for two hours and play Barbie dolls. That's just not for me. Um, I have my I gave my kids siblings, so their siblings could do that with them. Um, so a lot of times I make my kids play together. 
But in all honesty, I do like playing with my kids. Just not all of the time. Like, not every day. I don't like playing with them every day. Sometimes I wake up in an awful mood. And like, I don't want anybody to talk to me all day. And I'm stuck with my kids all day. And guess what they like to do? As soon as they wake up, talk to me. Like, why can't I get six cups of coffee down before you try to talk to me? Really? Right now? 15 questions? I literally just woke up. One of my eyes is open right now. But no. They want to talk to me 24-7. I swear my kids just talk to hear themselves talk. I swear. I love them to death and it may not sound like I do. I absolutely do. But I know some moms understand that our kids are annoying as fuck. And I know that I gave birth to them. And I know that it's partly my fault. But doesn't mean that I have to like it. Now let's talk about co-parenting for a second. Because although I didn't want to touch on this subject, I think that a lot of my listeners will, um, shit, what is the word I'm looking for? I hate doing this by myself. I don't have anybody to bounce anything off of. Myself. I literally have my camera going just so I can feel like I'm talking to somebody. Relate. That's the word. Okay? Just so, because I feel like moms can relate. Um, the moms who listen. I, obviously, as many of you know, have an 8-year-old bonus daughter. Her mom and I do not get along. Um, it's mutual between the two of us. We just don't get along. Um, we get along for her. She has never seen us fight with each other or anything like that. But um, there are just situations that have happened in the past five years to where her and I, we just don't get along. And that's fine. Um, but we can still do things and um, be cordial with each other. So I'm sure that there are moms out there who don't have good relationships with their children's mom. And let me tell you something. It's okay to not have a good relationship. But what's not okay is to make it toxic for the child. I have spent many nights thinking, um, do I do this right? Did I do this wrong? Um, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes. I did a lot of being a mediator in a relationship where the two of them didn't get along. I did a lot of, if you ever need anything, I am more than willing to help. I did a lot of being there, you know, trying to be there, trying to maintain a friendship and do the best that I could without feeling like I was stepping on anyone's toes because I didn't want to do that. That was not my goal coming into Hadley's life. I just wanted to be another person that loved her and that she loved. That was it. Um, so, obviously, in the past five years a lot of things have happened and I'm I'm not going to air out dirty laundry that is not for me to do um other than I understand where bonus moms are coming from in a sense where you don't have a good relationship and I spent a lot of nights crying and thinking what could I have done better what did I do wrong? Um, and what's what's best for the child? Is it... I got to a point to where... Is the best thing for her... For me to just... Pretend I'm not here. And that's obviously not what's best for her. Because I treat her like my own. And I absolutely love her. And it would devastate her... If I just acted like nothing to her but I had those feelings a lot 
and I can empathize and sympathize with bonus mamas out there, it's hard. It is so incredibly hard to know what the right thing is to do, to go into something having no idea what the right thing is. But let me tell you something. You are doing amazing. You are a imminent factor to that child's life. Everything that you do and say will impact that child for the rest of their life. Make sure you're doing the right thing. The last thing that I kind of want to touch on before I go, well, one of the last things that I want to touch on before I go is my self-discovery journey on, this is going to sound crazy, on January 1st of 2022, I decided that I was going to go on a self-discovery journey um, to find the person that I was before I went through all of those traumatic experiences um, and before I had to deal with a lot of things, before I lost who I was. Um, so that was my New Year's resolution, you know, that most people are like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to stop about two weeks in. Not me. I wrote down a plan. I had a notebook and was just like, this is what you're doing. You're going to find yourself. You're going to be a better person because at that time I wasn't a better person. I was so bitter and I was so angry. I was so, so angry. Why did I just sound like that? Whatever. Anyways, I was super angry. And a lot of that had to do with what I believe is postpartum anger. Um, a lot of that... I like to say is postpartum anger. Um, I am actually going to get an evaluation in the next couple of weeks to figure out like what all my mental illnesses are um, and get some prescriptions for those. So I started this so I started this self-discovery journey and what I decided to do was I was going to be the best version of me. And the best version of me is the version where I am trying not to be angry every day, where I'm trying to get rid of my temper, where I'm trying to communicate better, where I am trying to just be a better person. Um, I see all of my flaws and I see all of my insecurities and I, I know that I can do better. So I started doing that. I started writing down the things that I knew that I could do better. Um... My kids and Daniel got the brunt of a lot of that stuff that wasn't fair to them. Um, and now that I am seven months, almost eight months into my self-discovery, I decided that it's time to put myself on some medication to help those things. Because no matter how much I am trying to do it on my own, I can't. I still get irrationally angry with my family. I still... Stay, say mean things. I do. I absolutely do. I, um, I cry a lot. I cry a lot. And, like, that's partially just because I'm so overwhelmed with all of the things that are going on in my brain and in my life. Cindy thrives on chaos. Don't get me wrong. Like, the Cindy before the mental illness thrives on chaos. That's what I love. But, the Cindy with mental illness... Sometimes the chaos gets to be a little too much. Um, and um, with everything that's kind of going on in my head, it just makes me cry. So I'm also like working on that. Um, I definitely feel like I have mild depression. I could lay in bed all day and I could sleep all day and I would have absolutely no problem with it. But then I also have anxiety and my anxiety says, Cindy, you have to get up and you have to do these things. And having them together at the same time is so awful. Like I said, I had a manic episode today. And I was just like, your house is disgusting, Cindy. You have to clean. What the fuck are you doing? You're living in filth. What? You literally haven't had a shower in two weeks. What the fuck are you doing? And my depression was like, hmm. This is crazy. You should probably just go lay down in bed. But my, my manic was like, no, 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 no. Today. Today, we have to do it all today. If you don't do it today, you're going to freak out. And, like, um, I started having signs that I was going to start freaking out, you know. 
fucking with my hands. I was like, I was just like this, you know, I was, if I was sitting down, I was just twiddling my fingers. Um, if I was standing up, I would be pacing around the room, pacing, 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 pacing until I found something to do. Um, I did a lot of my fucking laundry today and I, I, I did a lot of everything. I did everything that I needed to do other than clean my room because I didn't come upstairs. But, like, everything downstairs, almost everything downstairs was done. So, I'm working on getting myself better. And if you're going through anything, if anything that I have mentioned today you relate to or you are self-conscious about, um, please feel free. Please feel, please feel free to hop into my DMs and say, Cindy, listen, I'm going through something right now and I just need to talk to someone who understands. I don't care what time it is. Message me at midnight. Message me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Girl, as soon as I see that message, I will respond. I am here to help as many women as I can because I know what it's like and it's hard. It's so incredibly hard. The last thing that I really want to do is give you some words of encouragement because I feel like that's the right thing to do. And this has been a tough fucking episode. This has been tough. It's been tough for me to talk about. I can only imagine me going back through and listening and editing and you all listening on Friday. So, what better way to end it than on a good note and on a happy note with some words of encouragement? Because you're a badass mom. We're all fucking badass moms. Let me tell you something. We are wonderful, wonderful moms who just have a lot of shit going on. I would never be cut out for the American dream mom. Ever. Ever. That's too much fucking work. I am not enough in the high maintenance department that I couldn't do it. But I also know that the women who come and listen to my podcast are also not those moms. And the number one reason that I started this podcast is because I just want to help people. I know the struggles that I have went through. And if I can help any mama from going through that, or if I can help any mama getting out of it, you're damn right that I will be with you every step of the way. Forever. If you ever need a bestie, hit me up. I absolutely love to go out for coffee. I absolutely love to go out to the farmer's market. You just want to go sit in a shop and just talk? Fuck yeah. Great time. You want to come over and have the kids jump on the trampoline? Hell yeah. I'm down. Great. So, here's one that I will be posting probably tomorrow. Today's Wednesday, so it'll probably be Thursday. And it says, Be you. They'll adjust. Or not whatever. That's true. Just be yourself. Who gives a fuck what other people think about you? I have started watching Bunny and her podcast. Um, and I have really started looking at her and thinking she's my idol. She doesn't give a fuck what people think about her. She, she says what she thinks and says how she feels. And she's so fucking confident. And people judge her all the time. But she's still so confident in who she is as a person. That I aspire to be just like her. And when I saw this. She's the exact person that I thought of. Here's another one for my bonus mamas out there. Bonus mamas deserve the same respect a mother would receive. They pour all of their time 
energy, and love into a child that they didn't even create. Bonus mamas don't do it because they have to. They do it because they want to, and they deserve everything. And that just, that hit my soul. I... I doubt myself in the mom and the bonus mom category a lot, but I know that I'm a damn good mom to my kids. A damn good mom. Note to self. When things feel overwhelming, remember, one thought at a time, one task at a time, and most importantly, one day at a time. And if that isn't facts but I just found one more and I kind of want to end on this one because I think that this is what all moms need in their life says women need other women in their lives who think that they're a big deal no competition no backhanded comments no jealousy no hate just I love you I support you and there is no one on earth like you kind of energy. And that's that's it. That's it. That's all you need. You need to find your people. And I would love to be one of your people. I have amazing friends that I could call right now and say, Hey, I'm struggling. Can you talk? And they wouldn't hesitate. Um, My friends see my podcast and they go, oh my god, girl. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. Way to go. I fully support you and you're doing amazing. I specifically want to give a shout out to Aunt Vicky. She will be on next week. But she... I was going through a really tough time a couple months ago. And she... None of my friends, we hang out every weekend, but none of them had heard from us in about three weeks. You know, we we didn't go over and see them. We didn't do anything. I was going through a really tough time. And um, granted, we only saw each other on the weekends. So like three weekends isn't really a lot, but it is a lot. And so, you know, they had stuff going on on that middle weekend. And so by that third weekend, she messaged me and she said, hey, are you okay? Like, are you, are you good? And I was just like, you know, there's just, there's just been things going on, you know, and, and this is kind of it. And she was like, I was really worried about you. And I didn't know that how that would make me feel until someone I felt like really cared. Granted, I have a lot of people in my life that really care but Aunt Vicky, you're the real MVP for being like, hey, are you good? I'm worried about you. And I, I definitely think that, that that made me feel better, for sure. So, and gotta give it up for Mama Colleen. Mama Colleen's always there to vent with me and to talk shit with me. And obviously my sister, you know, if I ever need anything, she's my first phone call. Be like, hey, listen to this bullshit. Listen to what the fuck I got going on. And she's there with me through the whole ride. And, you know, I'm... This is something that I didn't touch on yet, but I will touch on just very briefly as I'm going through some health issues um, that are really taking a hit on my mental health as well because it's a lot of I don't know um, at the moment. And so... uh, Some of my biggest supporters are my parents, too. And, you know, they ask me quite often, you know, how's everything going? Um, Have you guys figured anything out yet? And we still haven't, obviously. But I don't think that I could make it this far without a pretty amazing support system. And I am super, super, super grateful for them. But I am running out of time, so... I'm going to have to jump off of here, and I appreciate you all for sticking with me this podcast episode. I know it was heavy, and I know that it was a lot. Um, It was really hard to do by myself, honestly. I am glad that I did it by myself, because I did a lot of crying, 
but um, it was a good one, and I hope that you all love it. Bye, Mamas. Hey, Mamas. Thank you so much for enduring all of that with me. I know it was a lot to take in, but I'm glad that you stuck through it and got to know me just a little bit more. I hope that I have opened your eyes to some things, and I hope that I can help you. If you ever need to talk, please don't hesitate to contact me anytime, any day. And I will see you on Wednesday, Mamas.